All right, let's get started. Yesterday was Daf Peiches number 88. Today is Peites, a brand new chapter today, and we're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf. What did we learn yesterday? So first thing, we started at the Gemara on the bottom of the, towards the bottom of the page on Pei Zayinam and Beis, and we mentioned that our Mishnah is expressly not like the opinion of Hananiah ben Akavia, who taught us in the Brisa that there's um, one of uh, someone from the other shir said that this is called rabbinic origami, basically. You know, where you like folding things and whatever, and making shapes and designs. That's exactly what we're doing here. We're taking a um, a platform, according to Rabbi Hanan ben Akavya, and if it's long enough, you got enough dimension, uh, basically, then you can fold it down and make virtual hanging walls to enable you to draw water. And our mission clearly states that you got to make real walls, not, 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 a wall, not a flat board that you could theoretically in your mind's eye fold down. Okay, so that's number one. Um, Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra that this statement, this special leniency of Rabbi Hanayin ben Akavya is only in the Amshel Tveria because it's a special lenient type of uh, type of body of water that it's completely walled in. It's almost similar to basically a bathing, a swimming pool. It has proper walls all around it. There's cities around it, and there's um, walls around it, basically. And that's the idea. Uh, but other bodies of water, this would not apply. We said that uh, Rabbi Hanan and Akavya said three major leniencies. Um, to the people of Tveria. Number one was this one of uh, drawing the water from this platform on Shabbos, even though there's no walls um, around the hole. Um, and that is one that, that we already discussed. And there's also Tomnin uh, Be'atza, which is basically talking about using the grain, the chaff of the grain, the psolus of the grain from the field, and you want to use it to basically put put touch it to your fruit, and they used to do that and gather it early. And normally, there would be, uh, people would be really weary of letting their fruit get wet any earlier than necessary because uh, wetness makes it now susceptible to toma. And that could be an issue. That could be hal- uh, halakhically come problematic. If it somehow comes tame, it could be problems. So therefore, there's a big concern. Now, the the, the psolus that's out in the fields early in the morning is wet from the dew. So the question is, um, is it, uh, does it have a status of dew or of, 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 of wetness that is, that is concerning or not? So the rule is, if you're happy that it got wet, then that would, then, it, then, it, then yes, it is a problem. Um, the question is, why is it, what is, what is the reason why you're doing this over here? And the answer we said is that um, they're only doing it early in the morning because that's, uh, they're busy people. They have a lot of things to do, places to go, people to see. And that's what the whole issue is. And that's why um, he was matured to the Anche because the Stam Anche the standard person in Tveria, is only doing it early in the morning. That a good, they had a good work ethic in Tveria. The last heter of Rabbi Hananya Ben uh, Kavya was the uh, drying oneself with towels on Shabbos and Yom Tif. And we're not worried that after you dry yourself with a towel, it'll be so wet that you're going to wring out the towel, which is, of course, prohibited to do. So, 
Um, one thing is, is that although he did allow the person to dry with a towel, he says you better not give it to the towel attendant, the bath attendant, because the bath attendant will, in fact, very likely um, uh, use, you know, he will do that. He will squeeze out the, the towel, at least on, you know, on Shabbos. And we saw that Rabbi Shimon takes it a step further and says you can even take the towel with you home if it's Yontif. You're allowed to carry, and that's an issue as well. Um, so that's also interesting. Okay, um, um, even though when you're going home, you might, in, you know, without thinking about it, you know, squeeze out your towel on autopilot, and that's why it's a bigger chiddush what Rib Shimon allows. Rabbi Barav Huna said that this, is, that this whole heter of drawing water is strictly in one direction. It's drawing. It's when you're pulling water up from the, from the water. But when you want to pour it down, you're not allowed to pour it down in that hole. And that is not allowed. So Rab Shizbi asks, why is this different than the upcoming Mishnah, which says that if there's a, a hole that's dug underneath... Um, or whatever, if there's a hole that's dug, I'm allowed to pour out my water. So there's a big body of water right underneath it. Why is that not a problem? Why is that okay? So the answer is, is that that is water that will, it's potential to be absorbed in there. But over here, how is it going to get absorbed in the water? It's very, we know what's going to happen is that it's going to spread out beyond the, the, this four by four hole. So that's why it's a bigger issue. On, uh, we did see a version B of this that Rabbi Barafuna said the exact reverse. And basically he said that it's not only filling, it's also pouring out. And, uh, and that is definitely allowed. And Rosh Shizbi said, isn't that obvious? And uh, he said, because that's the same thing as Uka. So he says it's not exactly the same thing as an Uka because that does get absorbed in. Over here it's a body of water, it's not going to get absorbed. So that's why it's not as obvious, but it is still true. And basically, in this opinion, we're taking a more lenient stance, and that seems to be the way we go on this. We take the lenient stance. Brings us to Rav Huna Amarav. So Rav Huna says the name of Rav that this is only true. These two gzusros are only prohibit one to the other if they're nearby, if they're far away from each other, so then it will be mutter. And this is Rav Lishitasu who says that if you have avir, if your whole connection to another area is via the airspace, but not, not a walking, um, um, uh, not a, not a it's, it, there's no opening, it's just a window, like basically our avir level, airspace, but not, uh, not ground space. So then that would be um, uh, not doesn't impinge on the other one's rishos. Next thing we saw is Rabba said the name of Chia and Rav Yosef said the name of Hoshia. Two things, two statements: Yesh Gezel B'Shabes and Chorva Machzer Lebaylam. And the Gemara says um, what we think that means doesn't make sense because we think it means Yesh Gezel B'Shabes means that we recognize, and when it comes to Shabbos, your you uh, you as a thief have rights. Okay, in other words, if I have, let's say, a ruin right next to my house and nobody uh, seems to be using it, even though it does belong to somebody, so I took the liberty of, of uh, putting my stuff there and using it. So the halacha is, is that that's thievery. If you don't have permission, that is indeed not allowed. However, if uh, nevertheless, since you did it, it's yesh gezel b'shavah, meaning we recognize it as your shos because you're used to using it. And that's considered 
not a separate domain halachically. So yesh gezel b'shabbos we think means that way. Then the problem is, is the next line of that chor from maxer lebaylim sounds like that it's going in the other direction. Is that the ruin returns it to the original owner, which means that it is not allowed. So we just contradicted ourselves. So the Gemara explains that what we're saying is um, the other way around. Not yesh gezel b'shabbos, but yesh din gezel b'shabbos. Because meaning that we do not re- recognize rights because you stole. Okay, that's not considered a right. It's still considered separate property, and therefore you don't have any rights to it. And therefore, on Shabbos, that would be carrying into a separate domain. Okay, um, that is the uh, that is the story. Now, on that comes along Rab and he says, you know what? How does that fit in with our Mishnah? Our Mishnah very clearly states that when we, there are two um, balconies, and one balcony made the, you know, did what they're supposed to. They dug the hole to draw the water out, and they put the walls around it, and the other one didn't. And, the, and, the, and the, they're both prohibited from using it unless they make an error. Now, why, why would they both be prohibited? That other person who was on the second balcony has no rights to my balcony. And therefore, if he's using it, he's using it as a, as, a, as a thief, basically without any rights. And therefore, why should I have to make an Erev with him in order for it to be allowed to be carrying? And on that, the Gemara answers that what's going on over here is, is that they helped build the Mechitza together. So he chipped in to build the Mechitza. He made the trip to Home Depot. We built it together. We made it a project. So therefore, that automatically acquires him the rights. It's understood even without speaking it out, it's understood that he means to use it and, uh, and he has permission to use it. Okay? Um, and that is the situation over there. Now, the Gemara says, well, if that's true, so then why, um, if he makes his own hole and his own wall, then I can carry. I, he still has rights to it. So he still has rights. I need to make an error, otherwise I'm not permitted. So the more answer is that's different because once he shows by building his own hole and digging it and making his own wall around his hole, so he's showing that I don't need that anymore. I decided that it's good enough to me. Have, I'd rather have my own access. I don't, and therefore it's basically he, he relinquished his rights and that's why it's okay. All right. Which brings us to the next Mishnah. You have a courtyard that's less than four amas large. So it's very narrow, very small courtyard. So you're not allowed to pour water into that courtyard on Shabbos unless you do something that when you pour, it's going to get absorbed in the ground and not go into the street. So you have to make a ditch, an uka that can hold at least two saw of water. And this way, when I pour it, it's going to go in the ditch instead of going into the public. Now, that ditch does not need to be in the Rishos. It could be at the edge of the Rishos on the outside. As long as, if it, but if it is on the outside, then it needs to be covered. And that's what the Mishnah said. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov said um, that if, uh, if you have a, a, a channel, which is basically used for dr- your drainage, uh, there used to be like an open... Uh, just an open drain, sewer system, basically. Um, so as long as it's covered, four amas in the Rosh Hashanah, so then I'm allowed to pour into it on Shabbos. Come and say, actually, even a rooftop or a chatzer that's large, like a hundred amas, I'm not allowed to pour directly into the, into the water, into the, this um, sewer, open sewer system, but I have to pour on the roof, and then it flows into that, 
it's like secondary, it's not direct, and that's when and that's what I'm a, that's only then is it going to be allowed. We did see in the Mishnah that if the that a chatzar and an achsadra can combine together to give us the Dalaramas, and the same halacha will apply with two um, let's say small apartments that are right next to each other, second story places, and one of them made an uka, the other one did not. The one who made the uka is going to be allowed. The one that didn't is not going to be allowed to pour, even though technically when I pour out, it may go into his uka anyway, but it's still only the one who did, that fixed it up that way gets permission to do that. We'll see more about it soon. Now, what's the reasoning over here? So um, first thing, so Rabbi explains the reason is because a person uses um, two about of the, that's where the size comes from. So, so the standard use of water for a person on a daily basis is two saws worth of water. Okay? Um, so that's like, okay, I'm trying to figure out. 40 saw is like a, is the size of a mikvah, which is about, um, I, someone said it's like our, you know, our garbage cans are about the size of a, technical size of a mikvah, halakhically. So I don't know how big they are, 70 gallons, 80 gallons, or something like that. I don't know. Much bigger, no. Our garbage is not that big. No? No. Not no. That's 150, I believe it's 150. No, I don't think so. A barrel is like 55 gallons. A barrel, a regular barrel is about 55 gallons. Anyway, let's assume, let's go with that. Let's say a 55-gallon, it's about a garbage can, something like that. That's the oil barrel, right? right? Anyway, so anyway, the point being is just to give you the sense of how big is Tusa. So, you know, break it down. It's, um, that's, if that's, so it's basically a little over a gallon each saw. So that's what we're talking about. So it's about, I don't know, maybe three gallons, something like that. How much is the 40? How many guys are 40? So 55 gallons? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. So it's like a gallon and a half each saw. That's roughly what it is. That's, I'm giving you rough estimates. Okay. Um, um, anyway, so that's the story, and the, that's the, how much they use, and that's why that's the amount that you need the ditch to be. And if there's four amas, so Rob explains when there's four amas, so that's an area that you want to make sure that it's not dusty. And therefore, you may want to spread water around the floor of the area for the, for the purpose of getting the dust, and it shouldn't be so dry, it keeps the dust down, and uh, you'll be able to breathe easier. If it's less than four amas, you just pour it out. You don't really care. And if you make the uka, so then it's permitted, but otherwise it's going to be usher, because it's just, your intent is, merely, is pouring it out to leave your area, and if it's leaving your area, you're pouring into the public domain, and that's the problem. It's like you're throwing something in the public domain, which is obviously usher on Shabbos. Now, um, Reb Zerah says that's not the reason. The reason is, is that in four Amas, the two saw will have sufficient space to get absorbed in there. And therefore, since it can get absorbed in the floor, that's all we need. What is the practical difference between these two reasonings? The difference is, is it a question of square footage or is it a question of dimension, of, of shape? Uh, because according to Rabbah, it's a question of the useful shape that's used to hang out in that you want the area to be cleared from dust. So then you need it to be four by four, strictly, seriously. Uh, it's not going to be good enough if it's eight by two, 
Okay, but if it's a question of uh, square footage, so according to, um, so that would, so Rabzeri's answer, square footage doesn't matter because we're looking about enough area to absorb in. So it's irrelevant the shape. So that's where the practical differential be, will be. Now, I had it, what does it mean in the Mishnah when it said the Chatzar Nachsadra combined to the Talat Amas? According to Rabzeri, um, I just need ground space. It doesn't matter. But according to Rabbah, I need the right shape. So the Gemara explains. Rabzeira answers on behalf of Rabbah that we're talking about an exadra that matches the uh, dimensions of the chatzer and it's twin to it. So therefore, they're both four by two, um, side by side, which makes a box of four by four, something like that. Next, we saw a raya from a chatzer that doesn't have daladamas or daladamas, you're not allowed to pour into it. Now, now the, according to Rabbi, that fits very nicely because it has to have the shape four by four. But according to Rabzir, it shouldn't have said if it's less than four by four, meaning instead of saying it doesn't have four by four, it doesn't have means that you need the shape. So Rabzeira says, you're right, but that's the Rabbana's opinion. And our mission is going like Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov who disagrees with that. Now, why would he argue that our mission is going like Rabbi Ben Yaakov? Because um, it, it fits so in the Mishnah. If you look in the Mishnah, Rabbi, Rabbi explains the Mishnah says, Chatzashi If it's less than 4 by 4 why does it say the word less than? It should have said if it's not 4 by 4 The answer is, is that it, it's a question of square footage, which is, and that's Rabbi Ben Yaakov. Aye, how can that be? Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov is in the Seifa, so he's obviously not the Tan of the Reisha. So more explained that you have to actually fit in the words. That's really, you, you read the Mishnah this way. If it's less than four by four, meaning less than that square footage, you're not allowed to pour into it amount water on Shabbos. But if it's four Amas, then you can, because Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov says that, uh, that if you have a water, uh, your, your, your drainage ditch, that's covered for four Amas and Rishas Rabbim, that's good enough for pouring into it on Shabbos. And that's Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov's opinion. Now, the next thing we pointed out is that our Mishnah is also not going like Hananya because the Brysa says that Hananya says that if you have a rooftop that is even 100 Amas, you're not allowed to pour on the rooftop because obviously the rooftop is not meant to absorb water. It's meant to let the water flow off the roof. It's built that way. Even if it's a flat roof, they put a slight pitch on it so the water will drain off. And they don't make it in such a way that it can absorb into the roof. That's also not done. Um, um, so it's not meant to live lower, rather to flow. So obviously we're not going with Hananya. That's only now we did see a qualifier that this whole issue is only in the summertime when it's not the rainy season. But if it's in the rainy season, then pouring is a lot less of a concern. And uh, the idea is is that a person wants the water to absorb in its place. He doesn't really need it to go anywhere because what the normally you want your area to be dry. But in this scenario, you really don't need it to be dry at all. So that's the that's the idea. Um, uh, because it's anyway going to be muddy from the rain. So that's the difference. Okay, next thing we talked about is that there is also another issue that you might, people will say that, oh, we see his pipe is flowing. That means he's obviously pouring water. That may be true in the summertime that it looks fishy, but in the wintertime, the water will be flowing naturally due to the excess of rains. Okay, so that's the story with that. Next we saw... 
um, in the rainy season, this is Rav Nachman talking, in the rainy season he says that the uka, if it's holding two saw, you can put uh, two saw there. If it, uh, uh, you can pour two saw. If it holds two saw, the uka, the ditch holds two saw, you can pour two saw. If it only holds one saw, so then you can pour one saw. But in the summertime, if it holds two saw, then you can pour two saw. But if it holds one saw, then you can't pour anything. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Why can't I pour even one saw? What's the concern? The answer is that maybe I'm going to come to pour a dusa. So then if that's true, so then why in the rainy season um, aren't I worried that if, I, if it has one saw, I might come to pour dusa? The answer is, is that there's less of a concern in the rainy season, like we explained, because um, he doesn't care that his field gets ruined, his courtyard gets ruined anyway, because it's already muddy. And even if people see the pipe flowing, they're not going to assume that it's because he's pouring special. Now, once that is true, so Abayi says that once we allow you to pour, it doesn't matter how much it is, even if it's 30 saw or 60 saw, you're allowed to do so. The next thing that we talked about are the two apartments, and we saw that they're right next to each other, one dug the ditch, one did not, even though they're right adjacent to each other, the halacha is that, that um, only the one who made the, the arrangement or fixed it up is allowed to pour, not the other one. So the Gemara says... Rava says this is true even if he made an Erev with the other one. So on that Abayi says, why? If it's because, and now there's too much water, but didn't we learn that once you have an uka, it doesn't matter, even if it's filled with water, you're still allowed to pour. We don't care. Once you did the system to fix it, we don't worry about the actual details, uh, how much water is going to be able to be absorbed in there. Um, so Therefore, if you're going to say anything, Rabbi says the exact opposite. This is only if I didn't make an Erev, then it's a concern. But if I made the Erev, then it's going to be permitted. Why without the Erev is it prohibited? The answer is, it's a separate Xerah. Vashi explains that the Xerah is, is that maybe a person is going to come, I'm going to carry my thing to near the ditch to pour over there. And that's what I'm, that I'm carrying without the Erev. And that's the problem. But uh, really, I could pour it right in front of my place and it'll go flow there and it's not a problem. Technically, that wouldn't be the problem. The problem is that, I'm, that there's a chashash that I'm going to come to carry. And that took us to the end of the parak, And uh, we'll start...